Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, all right. This is In Liberty and Health, the first episode of my new podcast here. We're going to talk about all things liberty, health, and beyond. I got my brother Tim here from The Grind Athletics. He is a entrepreneur from North Carolina with uh, some badass clothing, actually. <laughs> my fiance and I wear uh, his stuff quite frequently, so uh, we were shooting the shit a little bit before I started the recording. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Um, let her rip. Tell us about uh, how you kind of came to be where you are. Yeah, so... Uh... I was running gyms my whole life and I uh, was looking for a little bit of a side hustle, a way to bring in additional revenue. Everyone I knew was day trading, doing stocks, bonds, all that stuff, or this Bitcoin crap I knew nothing about, real estate investments. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start an apparel brand. So I was floating in my pool and uh, the name The Grind Athletics popped in my head for, you know, everyone's using the word grind and I was running teams and using the word grind all the time. I remember hopping off the raft, running in the house, sketching out a logo. And uh, that's how we were born back in uh, December, 2015. So back in 2015 was around where you started. You said this is, you heard of a lot of people doing like day trading and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. People were doing, you know, you read all these things about how to diversify your income, how to become successful. Right. And you realize when you're depending on one income source, like I was vice president of 10 gyms and it was a great thing. Mm-hmm. But I was making someone else millions of dollars and right. all things coming to an end. People grow their businesses to sell them. And I started thinking, like, how can I get more income opportunities? How can I diversify? How can I start a side hustle that maybe will become a, an exit strategy years from now? Because I didn't want to work for someone else the rest of my life, no matter how good of a leader he or she was. Right. That's awesome. And I totally get that you know my father has been a uh, entrepreneur for about the last 20 years and i come from a line of entrepreneurs um my grandfather owned a shop his father owned a shop and like i said my dad's owned a shop now for about 20 years and i'm kind of 50 50 if i want to go down that same line but i'm kind of kind of a little bit of torn because you know with the way the economy is now it, it does seem like sometimes the cards are stacked against business people so especially after this last year so kind of getting to that after this last year, how was business for you, you know, during the whole uh, pandemic? You know, I am going to stop the other room. The family just got home. Oh, you're um, good, man. You're good. You know, honestly, man, it was funny. When, uh, when COVID hit, my business had just taken off and I was getting ready to finally buy a new car. I was driving around a beat up car with no air conditioning. Mm-hmm. It was killing me. And literally the weekend before, before I down, I had a deal worked out at the dealership and I called him. I'm like, hey man, cancel the car. Shit's about to go in the toilet. And uh, <laughs> I literally was like, it is what like we're sudden they just started going up and up and up and up. We started selling more and more. And I realized that you remember in the beginning, Walmart, they roped off like all their clothing, like you couldn't get season was changing journey am i breaking up yeah a little bit 
that shit and break it up. Hang on. I gotta go in the other room, so I'm gonna have to tell my family to. Sorry, man. Hey yeah, guys, I'm on a Zoom call, so you gotta be quiet, okay? <laughs> yeah, so I was thinking, like, oh my gosh, this is it, we're done. And all of a sudden, <laughs> people couldn't get shorts, they couldn't get tank tops. And yeah. I got people messaging me, like, dude, I'm trying to go to Walmart and get a pair of shorts, and it's roped off as like non essential apparel. So all of a sudden, people. Need shorts i need tank tops and mm -hmm. sales just started to go insane captains um people were depressed and they needed that hit and shopping i mean you can look at amazon statistics during the pandemic mm -hmm. amazon just went like this and you know blessed and so did we yeah, no, that's awesome to hear. And yeah, if you look at like the stock for Amazon, it, you know, as with just about everything crashed and then went right back up. But, um, you know, a lot of people spend a lot of time indoors. So, you know, kind of does feel good to get to go out and spend a couple bucks or get some nice clothes. And I know my fiance and I both engaged in that. Um, I was kind of breezing through your Facebook here and some of the posts you make really just freaking hit home. Um, you know, you either create your life, your life creates you. We've all been there. We've all had to work jobs, put in hours on things we weren't excited or passionate about because bills are due and we need to survive. I won't read the whole thing, but you know, some of the stuff you say and some of the stuff that it seems like your brand represents is just that grit. And um, the one post, let me make sure I got this right, just so I don't butcher it. And everybody should go check you guys out because it's not like, I know with some clothing brands, what they do is they outsource where they stock everything. So basically like another warehouse stores it and then they put their designs on it. You're dependent on their stock. You guys don't do that. You guys craft your own stuff and send it out to your customers and it, it all fits very well. Um, my fiance wears your shirts all the time and you know, I wear your, you guys stuff when I'm working out. It's, it's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Easy never pays well. Fuck the, I deserve it mentality. Go out and earn it. Feast on your own kill. It just tastes better. And it's a, uh, kind of a little post for your t-shirt. I can hear David Goggins screaming at me reading that. <laughs> you know, man, you got one opportunity to live the life you want to live. And I see some people complaining and they always talk about all the struggles, all the reasons mm -hmm. they can't do things or, you know, I focus on my can not my can'ts you know what can you do what can you do so I'm 45 years old I kind of got that old band wisdom you know I've I've paid my dues I've made mistakes I've made other people rich and um you know I just realized that it's go time man everyone waits for the planets to align when this when this gets done when that gets done I'm going to pull the trigger like there is no right time to pull the trigger you mm -hmm. mentioned that earlier you were talking about when it's the right time to start a, a side hustle man like I don't believe in dipping your toe in the water. Like a lot of people have this mentality. I'm going to try something. And if it works, then I'm going to put some more emphasis into it. And you got someone like me, I'm going to work hundred hours a week to fucking beat you. So you want to dip mm -hmm. your toe in the water. Cool, man. I jumped, I jumped in into 20 foot deep water. I'll figure out how to swim on the way out. So that mentality, mm -hmm. you're not going to win, man. It's like, so let me get this straight. You're going to do half-ass work. And if people all of a sudden support you and things go crazy, you're going to put more effort into it. And then you got me who's working like you'd have to kill me to stop me. Who do you think is going to win in that capacity? So I don't do contingency plans. I believe in burn your ships. When the Vikings invaded foreign lands, they would have burned the ships and said, look, capture, kill, and, and seek and destroy. And if you don't prepare to be enslaved, how hard would they have fought? Exactly. So that, that's how I describe in life, man. And uh, so 
you know, it is scary to go out on your own, but you think like this, most people work 40 to 50 hours a week. When I was running the gyms, I was working 90 hours a week. And then I used to hop in my car at nine o'clock on a Friday night and I go do bodybuilding shows from Friday night until Sunday afternoon. I get home and I go back to work. So, you know, I was working hours a week while I was working eight with grind while I was working 80 to 90 hours a week. So side hustles are easy, man. You got to give up your TV, got to give up your time scrolling Instagram and social media. I never had a social media page prior to growing my business because people at the gym would be like, yo, what's your Facebook? Like Facebook, who does that shit? You know, <laughs> call me. And yeah. uh, so, you know, you got to start looking how much you waste time doing things. There's your side hustle time. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm, I get up at 430 every morning because I realize I have to prioritize my time to get up early to walk my dogs to cook the food I want to eat. And then Sunday I usually spend about an hour or two preparing all my food pretty much for the entire week. But it's exactly like you said, you know, you have to prioritize that doesn't mean you get to sit down and scroll through Facebook and try to hit everybody up or you know, sometimes you have to forego the pleasures in the moment to you know get what needs to get done um you know kind of when you were going on a little bit earlier you know it's essentially leap grow wings on the way down that's exactly what it is and i heard that quote and it's always stuck with me because i i, I agree like you said burn the ships because if you want to make sure you succeed no contingency plan there is no plan b you don't dip your toe in the water you go full in and you give it your all because if you don't, then you're leaving something on the table there. And it's the same deal with lifting. You were a bodybuilder at one point, so I'm sure you know. You know, it's it's not like you can just, uh, well, you know, we'll have ice cream today. And then I'll go off the diet here, go off the diet there. I mean, it is hard freaking work getting down to low percentage, um, you know, body fat and getting to that, you know, physique. So you know all about the hard work. And like I said, sleep growings on the way down. Yeah, you don't need a contingency plan. Like certain people, I always say, be hard to kill. Be hard to kill. Mm -hmm. I put every egg in the basket of grind. I walked away from uh, probably $150,000 to $180,000 a year income, company car, Cadillac Escalade, health mm -hmm. insurance for the family, gas repairs, everything all paid for. My first year in grind, I probably made $25,000 profit. That was my mm -hmm. first year doing that full time. I was prepared to eat shit for a while. Because here's the deal. I'm going to go all in on that endeavor. And if it doesn't work out, I will feed my family somehow. I didn't have to have a contingency plan. You can't kill me. I'll find a way. A man has no business being home if his, family, if his family's not fed. I'll go fight in alleys if I have to for a paycheck. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll go hustle. I'll go hustle and detail cars. I'll go pressure wash. Mm -hmm. There's somebody paying. There's not a shortage of jobs, especially now. There's a shortage of people who can accomplish the fucking tasks that you need them to do and good people will always survive exactly and you could definitely see by your story and by the way that you talk you are a big family guy and i think that is something missing especially in our culture today you hear a lot of people kind of bashing fathers and men in general but i think what america lacks is actually that strong father presence and the strong masculinity you know you hear about toxic masculinity for whatever that means but you know, it is the strong father that brings together the family and supplies for the family. And obviously, strong mothers are necessary, too. But, you know, we focus so hard on these binary extremes of men are bad and men need to do better. Men need to do this. No, we need better intact families. And for that, men need to be strong. And, you know, like I said, you've been a great example of that. And it's great to see, a, you know, someone that owns a 
small family-owned business that cares about his family and you know is passionate about what he does i agree man strong men build strong families mm -hmm. men and women all kids need a strong male role model absolutely about hard work respect how to look a man in the eye shake his hand stay true to your word you know mm -hmm. i hear my kids so my wife is the nurturer they're the one they go to her for the love the affection the cuddling but the way they talk back to her still and question things. And when I'm mm. in the room, they're like, yes, sir. Now I'm not abusive to them, yeah. but I carry myself with a certain expectation and they understand they get out of line, they're gonna get bit. So that's what a man does. They teach the kids about hard work and respect and, and it, it takes two, it takes two. And there's a lot of great moms out there filling both seats in the, what kids need. So God mm -hmm. bless them, they're amazing. but. Yeah, man, we need more of that toxic masculinity, a double dose. Yeah, no, honestly. Um, yeah, that's, but basically what you're saying is that you kind of command that respect out of your children because they understand that you have an expectation for them to live up to. And mothers, you know, not that they shouldn't command that respect, but you know, there, there's there's a different dynamic at play. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all good stuff. Um, so you caught COVID actually a couple months ago and it looked like it kind of kicked your butt a little bit. Um, I wanted to yeah. ask, how was your experience with that and how'd you recover? How are you feeling now? So I gambled, you know, obviously I'm, 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 I'm pro freedom. Yeah. Vaccine or no vaccine, that's your choice. Um, I think we should all be free to choose. I choose, I chose no vaccine. I still stand behind that. So the first gamble I made was hopefully I'll never catch COVID. And if I do, it'll be mild. So my wife brought it home from the gym and uh, I just decided not to isolate it. I figured it was my time in the sandbox and um, she was better in 48 hours. You know, I caught it and mm -hmm. I was in bed for nine days straight, 104 raging fever. Mm -hmm. um, I remember coughing so hard. I'd involuntarily convulse and vomit. Um, my eyesight, I, I partially detached the retinas in my eyes from coughing mm -hmm. so violently, um, just hurt head to toe. My breathing was fine, but when I came out the other side, 17 pounds lighter and just exhausted, uh, got my lungs checked uh, for pneumonia, and the doctor informed me that I had some COVID scarring in my lungs. So nothing major. I know a lot of people had it much worse, but it did invade my body and scarred my lungs to the point where my oxygen output was a little bit diminished. Uh, I immediately, you know, again, never a victim, always a victor. Mm -hmm. um, I got on IV treatments right away. I went to a, a hormone re replacement therapy doctor that did IVs and I was um, doing detox with glutathione and adding, you know, B vitamin, C vitamin, D vitamins, um, getting IVs twice a week for wellness. Uh, I went, you know, I have a background in exercise science and kinesiology and all that from my college days. So went on a hardcore uh, supplement regimen. I did do ivermectin. Everyone's talking about how great it is. I, I, I didn't die, so maybe it did help me, but it wasn't mm -hmm. the cure that everyone thinks it is. I okay. took a seven-day dose of ivermectin, and maybe I would have not, maybe I would have died if I didn't take it. Ivermectin was not the holy grail that people mm -hmm. crack it up to be, at least in my experience. So three weeks of hell after, really weird stuff, man. Here's the deal about COVID. It feels different than any illness you've ever had. It feels like a chemical agent has taken over your body. Like the symptoms come in like these weird spurts. Like first you have this and then you have that and then this. It's almost like you could chart all these systematical weird things. And the hardest part at the end was when I got better. Like my body temperature went down to like 96 degrees. 
but I was burning up all the time. I was walking around the house, like literally in boxers. I go outside mm-hmm. in the summer, profusely sweating. I was taking four to five cold showers a day. I'd sit there on the couch and my feet felt like they were on fire. It's an absolute chemical agent, man-made, that takes care of your body and just does biological warfare on your body. It's designed to shut down. Mm-hmm. And here, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. But oh, no, dude, dude you're, good. Wave, you're good. <laughs> the first wave of COVID, it hurt the old people. So it's like mm-hmm. this second wave, this new variant, it took out me, you. And ironically, everyone I talk to, it's really hurting 30, 40-year-old men. So it's like they disabled the men, you know, like – 30, 40, we become that angry, violent. You know, you don't fuck with a 40-year-old man. We become angry and violent. Like, you can you can talk shit, but you fuck with our family, we'll kill you. All kind of mentality. That's where we're at. We're, we're, we're very confident, very secure, very angry, and very ready to protect our family, whatever violence is necessary. It's almost they, t- they took us out of the equation and just mm-hmm. crippled us, man. Yeah, so my fiance and I both got COVID. And um, for me, thank God it was very mild. I had it back in late March, I kind of felt like crap for a couple of days. And it was pretty funny because our um, Doberman Australian Shepherd was sleeping in the bed with us and he kept sneezing. We're like, oh, dude's got their own, a dude's got their own or whatever. So I woke up the next morning and I went to go take a sip of my coffee and I'm like, well, something don't seem right, but whatever. So I take a shower and then I cook my breakfast, steak, eggs and bacon. And I took a bite of bacon and it's um, Butcher Box's pork belly bacon. It's like peppered and it has a very distinct taste to it. It's delicious. I couldn't taste it. And the prior three days, I felt a little groggy, but I'm like, whatever. So then, yeah, when I couldn't taste it, I'm like, holy shit, I think I might got COVID. So um, like I said, for me, it wasn't too bad. My fiance, she lost her smell for about a month and her smell still a little effed up. Me, I lost my smell and taste for about a week, but I was using glutathione nasal spray, taking alpha lipoic acid and um, zinc as well. So the one thing I've noticed, and I'm, I'm definitely with you on a lot of, of how the origins of COVID and kind of the overall deal of how it's playing out. Um, it hits people so individually. Um, obviously, as a libertarian, I'm very, very pro-freedom as well. But I'm also pro-vaccination if you think you need to get it. Um, my mom got it. She had cancer three times. She didn't want to get it, but she was going to the hospital for back surgery. And she said, um, you know, she figured she should get vaccinated. And, you know, in her situation, I don't blame her. She doesn't have the same time horizon that a lot of other people may have um, to kind of make those considerations. So perhaps it was best for her to get vaccinated. I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe we'll all be wrong. And these vaccines will kill everybody. But, you know, we we just don't know. I don't think they will. But I just think we kind of got what we got. It was a mildly effective vaccine because it was rushed out. There wasn't a lot of time to test. And, you know, it's just not going to be the panacea that we're all hoping for. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's good to see it recovered. No long-haul symptoms? No, no, everything. It took about three weeks to get back uh, mm-hmm. to norm. You know, I considered a muscle-wasting disease. It wasn't where you just had, you know, a stomach bug for five days, lost a few pounds. Like, I lost 17 pounds. It took about yeah, I saw five that. weeks back. Um, you know, so nothing long and thank God, like my lungs are mostly recovered. They said about six months, I'll be hundred percent. You know, it's very, very mild you know, my oxygen output was low, but, um, you know, I get so, it's so irritating just to hear the anti-vaccine and the pro-vaccine. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, man, like 
I, I want to pay less taxes and want less government control. So I guess that leads me more toward conservative. I'm not mm -hmm. a hardcore Republican, um, but I lean more on that Republican without all the nonsense. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you should make your own decision. I remember my wife was never critical of anyone. She was like, a week after I had COVID, she's like, look at this guy wearing a mask in the car by himself. And I'm like, you know what? Cool. Let him be. Mm -hmm. and, and if you know my wife, she literally, everyone loves her. Never a negative mm -hmm. thing to say, ever. And I was like, you know what? They can have cancer. They can have liver failure. If that mm -hmm. gives them peace of mind of driving the car with the mask on, fucking rock on. But I'm going to be the same guy that walks in every business and will never have a mask on. And if you mm -hmm. ask me, to, if you tell me to put on a mask, I'm going to say, nope. And I'm no longer supporting your business. And I'm going to go. Now, I did wear it in the doctor's office. Uh, I don't wear it at my children's school. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't wear it anywhere else. And if they choose to tell me to put a mask on, I just say, cool, I'll take my business elsewhere. I don't argue. I don't scream. Mm -hmm. But they know I'm going to get my money. And uh, I think we've lost sight. We've become so divided as a nation. Like, you know, could you imagine if we're all alike? We all like vanilla ice cream instead of chocolate. We all dress alike. Look, I couldn't think of a more boring world if we all mm -hmm. thought alike. We need to get better as a nation to respect other people's opinions. To say, hey, man, you know what? I strongly disagree with you, but I can see why you feel that way. So fucking rock on, man. Giddy up and uh, live your life. It's like, that's why I don't participate too much in these debates online. Because I'm not going to change your perspective. You're not going to change mine. So I'm focusing on what matters. I'm I'm working on my family. I'm making them strong. We're moving out to a, you know, a, a 30 acre compound to take more things internally to get away from people, become more strong and resilient on our own. I'm not using my social media platform endlessly to talk about COVID, but what I'm doing behind the scenes is emailing my kill, my children's school, meeting with the people at school to make changes there. I'm, I'm doing things on the ground level, but um, I'm not wasting my time posting memes on Instagram about, you know, COVID jokes because it's just, at the end of the day, what's that going to change, man, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's huge, especially the part of going to your school board, because that's decentralization, essentially. You're going right to the source. That's something you can change. You know, everyone gets mad at Joe Biden. Everybody gets mad at Donald Trump. And I hate both of them. But, you know, you can affect locally. If you go to your school board and you make enough noise or, you know, you're well-educated enough and you're respectful and you let your opinion be known of how you want your children to be treated, then you can make that change. And if enough people come together and agree, then, you know, they'll know this is what it is. And I'm sure you're of the same opinion, but don't put masks on our kids, dude. You know, it, it's, I personally think that's yeah. child abuse to require children to wear masks. They're not at risk. You know, if they get it, they may get a slight cough, but if you look at a lot of the data, not many children died. And, you know, it is tragic that any did at all, but this is not killing our children. Um, so I just don't. About 36 mm -hmm. hours, he had 99.8 fever, a slight mm -hmm. headache, uh, no appetite. He was just tired. And literally like eight, 36 hours later, he's like, okay, going to play. I'm like, all right, dude, <laughs> stay in the yard. Don't talk to anybody because you're quarantined. So that's what I do have a problem with. A lot of people that told me they had COVID, they're like, yeah, man. I didn't really feel bad, so I went to the gym. I'm like, hey, cool, man. Sounds like you're selfish as fuck. Because uh, mm. at least if you know you have it, buckle down. You know, I understand that your life's inhibited. You can't go get your fancy coffee at Starbucks. You can't go get your pump on at the gym. But you're just spreading that shit. And mm. uh, with someone like me that had it horribly, I mean, could you imagine how I feel if I was infecting people with what I had? So we stayed on for 14 days. That's mm -hmm. that, that was that was doing our part to, to slow the spread because we were obviously highly contagious. Right. It, it, I was kind of thinking about this yesterday, but 
only the government could make a vaccine so controversial. You would think that everybody, it would be like every other vaccine, you know, hey, if you want to get it, go ahead. You know, I personally, I ain't going to get it. I have natural immunity. You got natural immunity and, you know, you and I both had it. So, and there's a lot of science to support that natural immunity is just as effective, if not more effective than the vaccines. So, you know, why can't we be respected at that decision? And, you know, hey, good to go. You know, that's your decision. You have the liberty to do that. Um, That was one of the main reasons why I wanted to start the show is to spread the message of health and liberty. And yeah, I think it's very, very important that we're able to have that um, decision, but it seems like some people disagree. And I think that's very unfortunate. Once you've had COVID, you know, everyone's like, hey, you really got sick. You're going to get the vaccine. I'm like, no, man, I've got natural antibodies. So Mm -hmm. my strategy is every 90 days, get my antibodies tested. It's like $10 to get your antibody (laughs) level tested. And then you can say, hey, man, like, so, you know, the last check I remember, I was like 18 times higher than what the vaccine Mm -hmm. would give you. And it's natural. So why would I put a potential harmful substance in my body when I'm already like, I'm running like a Ferrari right now. So Mm -hmm. why would I go put a a Honda in my body of some synthetic, low quality stuff? So, you know, that's, that was my answer. I was like, do you you regret not getting the vaccine? No. And now I've got Mm -hmm. natural immunity. How long that lasts is really up for debate. But I don't have to get in those arguments. I just, you know, you can get your levels checked of your antibodies. And mm-hmm. as they diminish, you decide, do you want to risk low damage again? Or do I, you know, do I want to get the vaccine, which I don't? Um, and hopefully by the time I do get low, COVID has been, you know, wiped out a little bit. And it's no longer running rampant through the through the country. Yeah, I did see some people who um, had COVID and then got Delta again um and it seemed like some people actually hit pretty rough but um also some people who got their first and second shots of the vaccine especially the second shot if they already had COVID, it looked like they had a hell of a time getting through it but you know once again that's their decision and if they want to do that by all means go ahead just once again don't tell me i have to don't tell anybody else they have to um there's a uh a good line don't hurt people and don't take their stuff that's you know kind of what our moms all told us when we were kids Freedom of choice, man. At the end of the day, freedom of choice, man. I respect all, you know, you want to, mm-hmm. you want to, you're gay. Great. You know, you, you're into this. Great. This is use your beliefs. Great. You're pro Trump. Mm-hmm. Great. You're, you love Biden. I might ask why, but um, <laughs> at the end of the day, man, like be yeah. you, be you, but don't tell mm-hmm. me who to be. And exactly. um, you know, again, less government control, less taxes. It would be a much mm-hmm. better world if the government stopped helping everyone. Like when I grew up as a kid, if your dad lost his job, you didn't cut the grass because you couldn't afford to maintain the lawnmower and, and mm-hmm. put gas in it. You didn't go out to, you know, pizza on a Friday night and you figured out how to make ends meet and you went without. Now it's like everyone can walk out of the job and, and still live the good life because the government's mm-hmm. helping. I, I really wish, I think the government is great on helping people. I think helping, you know, our homeless, helping our veteran community, helping like those who are disabled, whether they're mm-hmm. mentally or physically disabled. I think that's what the government program should do. If you're born with no hands or you're born with a crippled body, and you can't do all the tasks that other people can because you don't have an able body and an able mind, there should be help. But the problem is we've created a situation now where the government is helping everyone and all it's doing is hurting. You know, we got this great thing as North Carolina um, employers, we got this great thing talking about, you know, why it's so hard to find people right now. They talked about having low immigration and not a lot of people who are willing to work. They never once talked about 
all the stimulus money and all the programs are created, they were basically saying low immigration. I mean, low immigration, there's people flooding in this country. Give them damn papers. Let them work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the problem is there's a lot of hidden things from the government. Like, for example, this, have you been following the Southwest Airline thing? Yeah, I did um, a video on that actually yesterday. Yeah. 1800 canceled flights 80 percent of the pilots are former military they're like yo we're out we're not flying but here's the Mm -hmm. biggest hypocrisy the news is reporting it as 1800 flights grounded due to bad weather and people posting about it on social media are getting um messages that they violated community guidelines and they're banned from posting they're literally being censored on social Mm -hmm. media literally so our news our our media is reporting bullshit but yeah. people who are reposting <laughs> content from p- actual pilots who are saying we served and we value freedom. Even if it means not feeding our family, we value freedom over tyranny more. And that's being blocked by the Facebook machine in certain right. times we live in. Yeah, no, it's, it's really, really interesting. And it, you know, the weather story would be believable if a lot where's of other flights were canceling. Yeah. yeah, well, where's the bad weather? And why aren't all these other planes canceling? It, it couldn't have anything to do about the vaccine mandate that went into effect, I believe, today. Or no, 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 I'm sorry. No, yeah, I think it was today. Um, couldn't possibly have anything to do with that. But, you know, the weather. They cancel 30% of their flights because the weather. But everywhere else, it's like 1% or 2%. Just... And people wonder why Trump was so hot. Like I said, I'm not a Trump guy at all. I'm a diehard libertarian. But if there was one thing he was spot on about, it was that the news is one big old propaganda machine. And you especially see that now. Like this whole let's go Brandon deal. Like, I don't think there's any guy <laughs> who kisses his sister and drinks Miller Lite that says, you know what? I think we're going to go vote for Joe Biden. Yeah. No, that dude who's watching NASCAR, you know what he was chanting, especially the way they were chanting it. I don't really mean that whole part, but you know what I mean. People who are watching NASCAR did not vote for Joe Biden. I'd I'd be willing to bet nine out of 10 (laughs) did not vote for him. And like I said, if you listen to the chant, the the inflection in the voice clearly says they're trying to be jagoffs, which is perfectly fine. You have every right to say that, but there's a reason why people don't trust the news. And when you tell people to, you know, wear masks if you're vaccinated, and then you tell them, oh, you can take your mask off if you're vaccinated, and then tell them a different thing. If you keep flip-flopping, people don't trust you. They don't know what to expect. So, you know, there's every reason to not miss or to not trust these institutions anymore when all they've done is lie. You know, it's amazing when you turn the TV off. Like I go to Walmart mm-hmm. and you know what? I always nod and say hello to everybody. Black people say hello to me. I say hello to black people. You turn on the news, you think black and white hate each other, you know? Right. I've never been asked one time to put on a mask. My wife mm-hmm. hasn't. My kids have it. I've never had anyone. My dad came down to visit from Pennsylvania this weekend, and uh, he kept wearing this mask. I was like, Dad, you're in North Carolina. No one's going to ask you. He's mm-hmm. like, really? I'm like, yeah, you've been vaccinated. I'm like, you're, you're... – so we, he rolled all weekend to restaurants and everywhere, and he was mask free. It's like you turn off the virus, which is the TV, and you mm-hmm. realize that we all do get along. And, um, you know, we're all very similar, even though we're very different. So it's, uh, it's amazing how much your beliefs change when you realize what the world actually is versus what the mm-hmm. media tells you it's going to be. Right. And see, that's a big problem is that a lot of people kind of plug into their own echo chambers and just as the people that agree with them. Like I've gone out to breakfast and dinner with friends of mine who are completely politically different than me. But you know what? Those guys are going to be my wedding. 
I'll go out and drink with them all night. We'll even shoot the shit about stuff we completely disagree about. But you know what? We'll get there. Hey, man, you know what? Raise the glass of crown, you know? Let's keep going. And I still love those guys dearly. And that's the problem. People think that, you know, right-wingers may think that all liberals are stupid. And then all leftists may think that all right-leaning people are racist and bad people. But that's just not true. We go outside every single day and you're beside an atheist or Christian. And that Christian may think that atheist is going to burn in hell for the rest of his life. But guess what? That guy just rang out your groceries. He just served you at your table. He just bought you a drink or, you know, paid it forward. There's amazing things going on all the time. But like you said, if you check the news, you would never know. Yep. Yeah, you know, I voted for Trump uh, in 16 and in in 20. Mm -hmm. And I'll vote for Trump again in 2024. I'm I'm not Mm -hmm. a diehard Trump fanatic, but I think he did an amazing job. And, uh, you know... I'm more disenchanted with the current Republicans. You know, I think Trump, mm-hmm. Trump went against the grain. Look, if, if everyone's, if everyone in government is always going the same direction and we just keep getting worse as a nation and he's going the opposite way and draining mm-hmm. the swamp. I mean, the reason he ruffled a lot of feathers, he broke up a lot of good old boys in, institutions, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm probably less of a, a Republican now than I was because honestly, everyone in the Republican committee right now is tucking tail and running. They're not standing up for our country. They're not standing up for our nation. They're afraid to be yeah. labeled a racist. And uh, I've never become, I've never been, you know, obviously I lean, I lean right, conservative, mm-hmm. pro-America, pro-family, pro-military, pro-gun, pro-hard work. Uh, I love blue collar uh, people. I love the people that built this great nation. Mm-hmm. But as far as identifying as a diehard Republican, I, I don't, because I think a Republican leadership is, is dog shit. Um, yeah. So like, like you, I don't. I wouldn't identify as libertarian, but I have those views where, at the end of the mm-hmm. day, man, I'm going to feed my family, I'm going to protect my family, I'm going to provide for my family. I was, I said it before, I'll say it again: less taxes, less government mm-hmm. control. You don't have money, you don't eat. If you have a problem, handle it yourself. And um, at the end of the day, man, my family depends on me and these hands. Mm-hmm. And you know, we are going to handle ourselves. And if I need help, I've got some good friends that I can call. And that's mm-hmm. that's how I identify as my political stance. Nice. And I think that's completely reasonable. And I think more people completely agree with that than probably even we realize. But, you know, essentially the reason why we have to have these huge cultural fights is because government's so big. If government wasn't this big, you know, nobody would fight. Like, it should be so small to the point where we don't care who the president is. It's like, oh, you know, what, what the heck's he going to do? You know, you're, you should be more concerned with who your mayor is, who's on your school board, who's local to you, because that should be the most important political, um, you know, party close to you. Because once again, that's locality, it's decentralization. We shouldn't have to care who the president is, but because the government's so big, and it is both a Democrat and a Republican problem, um, that the government's got so big and spends so much of our money. If it wasn't this way, like I said, we would all be able to, you know, hold hands and go sing kumbaya and not have to worry about this enormous culture war and swinging right and swinging left and constantly reacting to one another. We would all just be able to be free and go about our business. That's uh, kind of the world that I would like to see. And it seems like you would like to see too. And I do think that we get there through strong families and strong communities, decentralization and strong, you know, business owners. I identify as a realist, you know, I buckle mm-hmm. down internally. I'm, I, I provide and protect for my family. I'm more concerned about, you know, do we have money in the bank? Do we have mm-hmm. cash on hand? 
How many cases of MREs do I have stashed away? How much water do I have? Do I have generators? Do I have fuel? Do I have antibiotics? Do I have some pain pills stashed aside for future currency? How much ammo do I have? Are my weapons in good working condition? What's my bug out plan? What friends have land? Where can I get food? How far is the ocean? Where's the animals to hunt? You know, who, who are the people we're going to buckle down with in a compound? It's a shame that I think that way, but I'm not thinking as much as Republican Democrat. I'm thinking mm -hmm. like, okay, as a, as, a, as a leader of my family, their survival depends on me. So mm -hmm. that's where I've shifted to. And that sounds like a prepper. You know, we're already yeah. prepped because we're on the hurricane coast. You know, we live a mile from the ocean. So, you know, we, we stay ready with fuel, with generators, with rations for a few weeks. Um, so again, I, I identify as a realist more than a Republican, a realist and a patriot more than a Republican, because I'm probably not going to change the political system, mm -hmm. but I can make sure right. that those around me are provided and protected for. Absolutely. And that's awesome. And I remember listening to you in one of your uh, stories talking about how you had a lot of stuff stocked up. And yeah, if you look at my cabinets as well, I got tons of protein bars. I got, you know, probably 40, 50 pounds of frozen meat. I got tons of water and I would like to get some generators. I don't have those yet, but I, I think you're definitely on the right track with uh, kind of staying prepared because, you know, you do hear a lot of people talk about Bitcoin and the future of money and, where this country is going well we don't know what could happen and if things get bad it's better to you know be able to provide for your own than to not yeah. and you know it's to have hard, this like, giant stack costco, of bitcoin yeah go to costco grab an extra 25 pound mm -hmm. bag of jasmine rice grab a two yep. pack of peanut butter which is high fat and high calories you know we prepare more mm -hmm. for hurricanes um but you don't have to go full-blown prepper mode you just go into like okay you know do we have enough to get through if if like for example all these cargo ships out there people are talking about how, you know, pretty soon we'll be fighting over a can of beans. I don't see that happening. No. But I can tell you that we'll probably start seeing some food shortages. And, uh, you know, like here in North Carolina, we had a gas shortage uh, like three or four months ago. Remember that pipeline got hacked? Yeah. So there was no fuel in North Carolina. The Whatever gas stations had fuel, there was like 100 cars in line. You're waiting hours at the pump. Well, I have a diesel Humvee. So I rolled in with everybody. <laughs> I rolled up to the diesel pump and I filled up. But, you know, I, I had 20 gallons of fuel on hand so i was like okay well i've got you know my motorcycle's full i put the rest of my wife's jeep and i'm like we're not going that hoopla that's how you get shot that's how someone shoots you in the face over the gas line and mm. um you know we 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 always have contingencies and our contingencies have contingencies not not in our um business world but in mm. our real world you know the oh yeah is, you know i don't i don't I blame you at all plans for survival not for mm. how i'm going to make it as an entrepreneur Right, right. Now, I remember seeing the story kind of shifting topics. You were kind of tossing around the idea of expanding, and I gained a lot of respect for you when you said, you know, if I have to expand, then I may not be able to kind of keep the same element of, you know, the small family-owned business. And I got to say that that takes a lot of guts to kind of say, look, we're not going to expand. We're going to stay right where we're at, and we, we don't want to lose this element that we have, this dynamic that our customers have come to love and appreciate. So it's basically not selling out and not necessarily that it would be bad, but you know, it's just the fact that you chose, Hey, we don't want to lose this. This is important to us. And this is important to our customers. This is important to our brand. So we're staying here and you know, let's rock and roll. That's cool. You remember that, man. I was in mm -hmm. deep turmoil for like two weeks because I've got other friends in the apparel industry, you know, some big mm -hmm. names. And, uh, you know, they're like, hey, we hit 3 million this year or we're on track to do 8 million. And um, which is awesome. I respect that. And 
I started thinking about, you know, I'm literally at, the, at my warehouse and I'm cutting. I had 500 pairs of cargo pants to cut into shorts and you got to lay them mm-hmm. out, cut them at 24 inches. And I, I've got my, you know, I've got a dip in. I've got my country <laughs> music playing. I got my dogs in the warehouse and I'm just happy as shit. Just cut, 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 cut. Mm-hmm. I'm in my, my warehouse, I'm in my element. I got my shirt off and doors are locked. And I'm just like, this is fucking great. I'm like, this is where I belong. Mm-hmm. You know, we, everyone gets, and you know what, man, you've got to go the path that feels right for you, but I'm not trying to be Under Armour. I'm not trying to be Nike. You know, will I be household name? Well, I feel like we already are a household name just in a niche market, but my goal isn't scaling. And we do some really cool stuff. Like we ship six days a week, same day shipping with the 9 a.m. cutoff. So if you order at 8.58 on a Saturday morning, you're going out on Saturday. And like, that shit matters, man. Amazon set the pace. We make it more personal. You know, we write handwritten thank you cards. And every yep. it's funny, customers are like, hey, I love the card. You're the only one that does that. There's no way you're going to continue to do that while you scale. It's like, well, mm-hmm. hey, man, we did $2 million last year in gross sales. And guess what? We still do handwritten thank you cards. So sometimes I think people think we're smaller than we are. And that's okay. I don't have to t- show them how big my dick is. You know, it's not, not important to me. Yeah. What, what I do want to do is, is I want to feel right inside. And, mm-hmm. you know, for me, fast shipping. You know, if you email us, you're going to get a response from me, the owner. I am customer service within an hour. I email, wake up to sleep seven days a week. You're not going to get that with these big names. You're not going to get same day shipping. You're not going to get uh, a recognition for what order it number it is. You're not going to get a personal response and three stickers. Mm-hmm. Maybe some do, but it's like all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stay right where I'm at. I'm not looking to have other people do my customer service. And I'm not looking to have other people run my social media pages. And I don't want to go down to a generic thank you, scribble on a packing slip. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't want to lose personal touch with my customers. I'm like, you know what, man? I've, we just we just closed on a we're getting ready to close on a 30 acre farmhouse. We're downsizing half the size of the home, but a huge compound. I've got all the cars I need. My kids go to private school. We got a pool in the backyard. My dogs are eating, and uh, I got dog food to feed the dogs. Like, I don't have any delusions. Like, I'm not looking for a helicopter. I'm looking for happiness, man. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm 45. The older I get, the more I realize. What matters, man, besides family is happiness. And um, I thought about all the things I worked hard for and everything, because I bought some really cool stuff in my life. And I I don't remember the things I bought. I remember the journey and the victories along the way to get there. The the all nights pulling out huge, hitting goals and being like, fuck yeah, I did it. And then, you know, when I bring home that Porsche or I bring home that Mm -hmm. chopper, it's like, eh, cool. It gets old, man. But I still talk about the victories from... 15 years ago, the crazy shit we did to win. So I made that decision to say, I'm, 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 I'm going to stay here. I'm going to continue to do really cool shit and be hands-on. And it's like the clouds lifted and the sun appeared. It was like my Shangri-La hit me and I was like, cool, man. And I'm back to cutting my stuff in my warehouse. And you know, that's where we're at. And it feels damn good. Yeah. I mean, that is something very, very special. And I know it's awesome for me every time I bought off you guys to open up, see the card and it's, it's very personable and I think people really, really appreciate that. So I think that's a great note to end it on. Tim, I greatly appreciate you coming on, brother. Um, go ahead, plug your stuff. Uh I'm not big on sales, man. Check us out on Instagram. We're at uh what is it, the grind athletics on Instagram. And uh we just make cool shit. We're kind of a lifestyle culture, uh, a little bit of bodybuilding, a little bit of blue collar, tattooed, bearded, motorcycle ride, and patriot. Um You'll see people rocking our stuff at a soccer game. You'll see people rocking at the gym or flying down the road on a motorcycle or at a PTA meeting. So um, that's it, man. All right, man. Well, I greatly appreciate you being the uh, first episode of the In Liberty and Health podcast. 
And uh, until next time, everybody, in liberty and health, Kyle, signing off. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.